You're listening to Pastor Stephen G. Lightfoot's podcast, Sermons and Homilies by the Reverend Stephen G. Lightfoot. Pastor Stephen is an ordained elder in the Global Methodist Church and serves as senior pastor to First Methodist Church Splendora and Shepherd Methodist Church in Southeast Texas. Here is today's episode. So we had a service this morning, the fourth Sunday in Advent, and it just so happens that it's also Christmas Eve. And so here we are back again. I know that this is a busy night, busy for children of all ages and for their parents and grandparents. You know, I, I learned many years ago that the Advent and Christmas season can, can either be spent in peace or it can be spent in pieces depending on your perspective depending on your attitude depending on your willingness to acknowledge that the season is not at all what the world makes it but rather what christ brings to it i witnessed a spectacular example of this worldview versus Christ view Christmas played out through my office window at home the other day as I was I was preparing my message for the Christmas Eve service I already had the Christmas Eve morning service done but it was this message that I was struggling with how do you talk about this wonderful event in a way that brings new perspective And suddenly, across the street from my office window, um, it became apparent to me what I needed to talk about. My neighbor across the street has a Christmas display in his front yard, and he puts it up every year. And on the left side, as I'm looking out my window, on the left side, from my perspective, he has the trappings of the secular worldview Christmas with a blow-up sleigh and reindeer right next to a blow-up action scene of Santa opening and closing the door of an old-fashioned outhouse. I'm not kidding. As if Santa is taking a much-needed rest stop as he makes his way around the world delivering presents to all the boys and girls that made the nice list this year, and I thought if there was ever a more accurate expression of the secular Christmas, I don't know what it would be. I'll let your imagination just go with that. To his credit, though, my neighbor on the other side of his yard has a simple wooden display of a nativity, a small manger scene that is softly illuminated at night, much unlike the bright, glittery, glaring, blow-up outhouse Santa. It's understated. The nativity scene is understated and simple, and I like it very much. If, If I could just blot out 
that side of the yard and just look at the nativity from my office window. So as I was thinking and talking to God about the possibilities for this message, the weather outside became blustery. You know how the wind comes up all of the sudden and it became overcast and the wind blew and the blow up Santa in the privy was blown over on the door. And as the automated door mechanism continued to function, it looked as if Santa was desperately trying to extricate himself from the toppled porta potty. (laughs) If that weren't bad enough, Santa's blow up sleigh and reindeer took flight with a gust of wind and then crash landed right on top of the fallen outhouse, pinning Santa inside. (laughs) It was absolutely delightful. And I laughed. I had to laugh, and I'm certain that all of heaven laughed also. But it got even better. So my neighbor must have seen the carnage playing out on his front lawn because he emerged from his front door and ran to blow up outhouse Santa's aid with a very concerned look on his face. And he lifted the reindeer and the sleigh off of him, and then he ended up chasing the sleigh and the reindeer as another gust of wind took it from his hands and sent it flying across the yard. And I was thinking, I've seen a movie that resembles this. (laughs) But then he abandoned the reindeer chase because it was clear that he wasn't fast enough to catch them. And so he ran back to blow up outhouse Santa and lifted the outhouse back to its upright position just in time for the door mechanism to spring the door open as if Santa had had enough of being trapped in the overturned outhouse and was ready to get out. Christmas was in pieces on the front lawn of my neighbor. And I continued laughing out loud. And I'm fully certain that heaven laughed too. Why do I say that? Because I noticed something in that moment and it said clearly to me, here's your message for Christmas Eve. And I know it's unorthodox to talk about Santa in an outhouse, but on the right side of the yard, completely still and at peace, despite the chaos and the comedy going on on the left side of the yard, stood the simple manger scene, whole and complete and unaffected by the wind and the struggle that was going on in the rest of the yard. We had Christmas in peace and Christmas in pieces. No matter what craziness the world tries to make of it, Christmas time is a season of expectation and hope. And most of all, the thing we all crave in our lives, it's about peace. It's calm. It's a silent night, a holy night. It's not a crazy night. See, we celebrate the first advent or coming of the Christ child and we hope for the second advent, the second coming of Christ the King. It's a time where we look for deliverance from the struggles and strife of the world and we set our eyes on the light of Christ. We hope for peace, but not only for peace in our surroundings and in the world, but for peace within. That's the peace that's hard to find. 
Now, as I said, I learned long ago that we have a choice to spend our Christmas in peace or to let it get blown to pieces. See, when I was a younger man, and this is where I learned my lesson about Christmas and peace. I was a younger man and I was leading Marines in combat in Kuwait and Iraq, and I found myself looking for peace in the midst of chaos. It was a cool December night and we were in a fighting hole dug deep into the desert sands on the Kuwaiti border and the ground war was about to begin. And the atmosphere in the air was intense. We had Scud and frog missiles impacting in our vicinity, and there was the whoosh of the outbound Hawk and Patriot missiles that were launching to intercept. And as we sat there in our holes with nothing to do but wait and reflect, every man there was faced with the reality of his own mortality and with the knowledge that we would soon be breaching a minefield that lay between us and the liberation of Kuwait. And I thought, this is not a wonderful place to spend Christmas. Now, bear in mind that this was a time in my life when I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know him personally. I'm pretty sure most of us have been there at some point in our lives. We know the name, we just don't know what it means. I also knew that I had this responsibility to lead my Marines and that responsibility included getting them through the war with their mind, their body, and their spirit intact. And so there in my fighting hole with, with several Marines around me, I could see the anxiety on their faces and I imagined that all the fighting holes around our perimeter were probably pretty similar. I could see the anxiety in their faces. I could see that there was no peace within. As I sat there, I could also see the vastness of the night sky above us. It had stars in magnificent abundance. I had never seen so many stars, and it brought to mind a Christmas card that I had seen when I was just a child with the Magi in the desert, and they were following a bright star that was set in a sea of blackness, much like the one I was underneath at that particular moment in time. It was, it was one of those foil cards I don't know why, but they captivated my imagination when I was a child. The shimmering image. There was comfort in that memory, but there was also conviction. We'd gotten these Red Cross care packages, and they gave us these small camouflage-covered Bibles. And they were, they were so small, all they had was Psalms, Proverbs, and the New Testament. And I pulled one out of my field pack and I opened it to Psalms and I was just thumbing through it. And I came across Psalm 91. And I read it through the lens of a red lensed flashlight. And the part 
that spoke to me was, was this. In Psalm 91, verse 5, it begins, You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. Now, I have to tell you, the sense of peace that came over me at was as powerful as anything I had ever experienced. I was so overcome with the sense of it that I read the entire psalm aloud to the Marines that were sitting around me. And when I got to the last verse there, verse 10, nor will any plague come near your tent. And I looked around at the faces of the Marines near me. Some wept silently. In the red lens of my flashlight, I could see the tears on their cheeks. I, some of them stared quietly up into the night sky. But the thing that took hold of me was that there were no more faces of anxiety. And so I got up out of my fighting hole and I made my way around the perimeter to each hole, visiting with every fighting hole group of Marines. And and I shared the psalm and the same sense of peace was apparent. Uh, There's a point to this, I promise. You see, this is my opinion. But I think I'm correct here and I think Scripture will back me up. One of the first steps in salvation in being saved is the surrendering of self and all the fear that goes with that and allowing the peace of Christ Jesus to enter your heart. That experience in the desert paved the way for me to become a Christian after the war was over. That Christmas season for me was the peaceful beginning of a lifetime of expectation and hope which ultimately led to the coming of Christ in my life. Psalm 91 will forever be deeply ingrained in the meaning of Christmas for me. It represents everything that I know about the promise of hope and of light, and of peace, that deep, internal, down-to-your-soul peace that only comes by grace from the Prince of Peace, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So no matter what the cause of the chaos, whether it's the explosions of missiles landing near your position, 
or a wind kicking up blow up Santa in the outhouse. You can choose to engage in the chaos of the world, in the secular Christmas, in the hustle and bustle of retail Christmas, and let the pieces fall where they may, or we can choose to engage in the peace of Christ and watch him pick up the pieces and put them back together in perfect order according to his perfect will and according to his perfect plan. See, it's your choice. Christmas in peace or Christmas in pieces. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join us in Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Come back again next week for a new message. And until then, may God bless you and keep you.